Hi, welcome to you. Me. And TV. I'm Mike. I'm Gia. And today we're going to be talking about the pilot episode of Veep. Yep. How's it going, Gia? It's going great. Cool. How's it going for you? Hey, it's going fantastic. We're going to talk about Veep, which is a great show. And it's fitting because yesterday was International Women's Day. Oh, yeah. And this has a very strong, powerful, confident woman in the lead role. Yeah, the first ever female vice president of the United States. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Played by... Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Excellent. So, hey, Veep was created by Armando Iannucci, which is actually how I thought you say his name, but we were watching the commentary, mm -hmm. and he said his name like this. Armando Nucci? <laughs> You've really been looking forward to saying that, haven't you? I've been saying it over and over. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how he said it. Uh, so uh, it's created by Armando Nucci. And uh, this show, V, premiered April 22nd, 2012. And season seven of this show premieres March 31st, 2019. Mm -hmm. which is the final season. And that's on HBO. The Home Box Office Network. Yeah. Now, whenever we watch anything on HBO and you like get the little HBO logo at the beginning, right? I always expect to hear the Curb Your Enthusiasm mu music. That's what right I expect it. too. Okay, so it's not just me. It's not just you. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I, I sing it in my head over the theme music of the show. Yeah, it's so, just really good. It's really catchy. It's, it's really catchy yeah. music. The Veep music is fine, but it's no. Can you sing that for us? Nope. You were singing it earlier. I know, but not on tape. I mean, there's no words to it. No. It's but let's not. talk about that opening sequence. So Veep, if you're unfamiliar with it, you've got Vice President Selena Meyer, mm -hmm. and the intro sort of serves, it kind of tells a story to how we got to that point in a way. Yeah, because we're once we get into the episode, it just jumps into like a day in the life of the vice president. Right, so, and, it, and it seems like she's been vice president for at least a few months. She's not like brand new, but yeah, they've settled into the, the rhythm of things at mm -hmm. that point. So the opening sequence is what gives us the background. Yeah, it tells a story kind of through newspaper headlines, magazine covers, and those kind of things. And you see the headlines, things such as, Senator's White House run. Might it be President Meyer? Selena suspends campaign. Meyer's <laughs> meltdown. Selena, quote, proud to be Veep. And then you see her at the end of the title sequence sort of maybe signing something, but she's got this look on her face like she just doesn't really want to be there. Yeah, yeah. So we know that she was a senator who initially was running for president in the primary and it was and going well for a while yeah but something happened there's a few things that happened oh. that we'll hear about later in the episode too i don't know if you caught that one of the headlines in that opening sequence says nightmare like nightmare i didn't see that one <laughs> that was pretty good that's a good so one. something bad happened and she had to drop out of the primaries and um eventually became the running mate of the person who went on to win which we never see. Do we see the president ever? We don't we in the don't. pilot. Maybe and we do eventually. I'm not sure. I don't think we do. And we don't hear his name either. They just no. refer to him as the president. They also keep the political party kind of uh, under wraps, I guess. They don't let us know the party yeah, affiliation. Yeah, which is really, seems really difficult to do in a show that's totally about politics. And I was thinking, we did... um. Parks and Recreation a couple weeks ago, right. which is also a show about government where they don't ever talk about party affiliations at all. And this is another show that does the same thing. Um, That's true, although we talked about in Parks and Recreation, what we didn't realize was that these government just employees don't have necessarily, they're not supposed to go along with their political affiliations. Right, they're, it's, they're not supposed to be driven by it, but you'd think it still plays a role. You would think. To you an extent. Think. But definitely, once we get it to the White House, 
obviously Selena is either a Democrat or a Republican, but we don't know which party she's affiliated with. Although I, you can kind of guess. It seems on, like she's a, a Democrat. Yeah, and... based on some of the policies that they eventually are trying to get through, but they never explicitly say it. Um, and I think the reason they're able to get away with that is nobody in the show is driven by ideology, I would say. like. Well, I think everybody is, in the show is driven by their own selfish desires. Yes, exactly. Everybody is just driven by the pursuit of power. And um, so nobody's like really firmly believes anything and that they're trying to push. It's, um, it's all kind of about optics and about getting ahead uh, any way you can. Everybody in this world, uh, the world of Veep, is operating that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how realistic that is. I feel like it's pretty bleak, but maybe that is maybe that, maybe is, that is a that pretty realistic uh, view of uh, politicians. Yeah. Um, well, hey, let's talk about. We talked about the opening sequence, but let's just move back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we do on here is we'll we'll read the description on whatever kind of streaming service it's on. Yep. So we watch this. This is on HBO. We typically watch this through Amazon mm-hmm. by getting the HBO add-on, which, by the way, is fantastic. It's super easy to just add HBO for like a month and then get rid of it without having to deal with a cable company or adding like a HBO Go password and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And that's the way we typically have been watching it. Although when we yeah, first started watching it, yeah, that's a life hack it, that you could use. There, oh, I don't think people are saying life hack I'm, anymore. Gia. I'm saying it. Oh my I'm gosh. I'm saying it. So the way that we originally watched this, we've watched all the episodes so far and and we started watching it. The way we started watching it, I think we had like unexpected free HBO at one point and we were like, hey, Mm -hmm. I see an HBO thing on our cable thing right here that we didn't pay for. And Uh so we watched season one like that. I think eventually we just bought the DVD for season two and then we kind of used your parents' password for HBO for a season or two and then we started (laughs) just getting it on Amazon. But if you're looking to watch this, if you have Amazon Prime, it is the first two seasons are available for free along with that mm-hmm. Amazon Prime subscription. So you don't even need an HBO subscription to watch these first two seasons, which is right. fantastic. Um, but let's talk about the Amazon Prime description then for season one. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is the vice president of the United States in this HBO comedy series. Season one follows her whirlwind day-to-day existence as she puts out political fires, juggles various demands, and defends the interests of the chief executive. I think that's a pretty clear description there. I think there. so, although puts out fires, I think also starts fires. She makes some fires. I think <laughs> yeah. she makes some fires. Yeah. And this first episode, the pilot, the title is Fundraiser. Mm-hmm. She makes some fires at that fundraiser and, <laughs> uh, you know, along the way. So just to kind of start with the beginning of the episode, you see the office of the vice president, mm-hmm. which you, this is weird. I didn't realize that the vice president's office was in like an entirely different building from the the White House. Yeah, I, I no didn't idea. know that either. We learned a lot about government from Veep. Yeah. Probably most of what we learned prior to the 2016 election, we learned from Veep. I think That's so. That's when we really started paying attention. Well, also AP government <laughs> in high school. But, you know, I think uh, for the most part, I'm learning a lot from these TV shows here. Yeah. I don't know if it's the right stuff or not, but uh, <laughs> they do meet in a different building. And uh, what is that building called? The Roosevelt Building? Is that right? No, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> going to, that's probably wrong. But they, they do it in a separate building. But they're talking about a few things. We've got sort of three crises, I think, that this episode revolves around. 
not crises, but three kind of topics they're dealing with. Yeah. One is filibuster reform. Yeah, they're on their way to a meeting about filibuster reform at the beginning. Right. They've also got clean jobs. They're mm-hmm. creating this clean jobs commission. And then they also have the, well, they've got a fundraiser that they're doing a little bit later on. But then there's also an issue with a, a card and a, a senator who passes away toward the end. So we yeah. got a few things going on here. And they're on their way to this filibuster reform meeting. Mm-hmm. But on their way to the meeting, they get a notification that um, Selena's Clean Jobs Committee has been greenlit, right? So It has, and that's exciting. They're yeah, gonna replace... that's what she wants to be her legacy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're going to be replacing... One of the first steps to it is they're replacing all the plastic ware and all the government buildings with cornstarch ware, I guess. Yeah, which I think... Did we have that at o- OU when we, we were in We did have that at Ohio I University. I remember that being a big thing. They were, they were a little... They, I remember the spoons and stuff, but the, and, and forks and whatnot, and other cutlery. I don't know why I'm saying it yeah. like that, but the straws I remember were kind of weird. Yeah, it was all kind of <laughs> weird, but it was fine. It was serviceable, but I feel like I haven't encountered those cornstarch utensils since college, so. And they should put them in all they the buildings. They should put them everywhere. Where are you yeah. at on that one, Vice President yeah. Pence? Yeah, Pence, get on it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's not Probably not priority. one of his top priorities. No. I don't think so. No. But, so, we just mentioned that the that the the straws were a little weird and some of that cutlery was a little weird that comes up because when she goes to this filibuster reform uh meeting fundraiser she's gonna mingle with that well she will mingle with other senators and whatnot (laughs) Uh, she gets a coffee and she puts one of these cornstarch spoons in it and there's a fun visual where it just is it melts yeah (laughs) kind of like at a weird angle and she's like what am i going to eat around corners with this (laughs) so that was fun it's a good visual gag so there are supposed to be i think 50 to 60 senators in this meeting on filibuster reform but she gets there and there's only what like eight people, 10 people in the room. And they eventually just start leaving. When somebody hands her the coffee, he's just on his way out. Yeah, so why is that happening? They've upset the plastics industry. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that. You gotta you gotta balance all the different, you know, different industries as you are trying to appease different people. Yeah, so someone on their on the vice president's team, I think maybe an intern tweeted out that they wanna make plastics extinct. And that doesn't go over well. I get, and I guess plastics and oil are tied together. Right. Too. I think is that how you make plastic? Apparently, Who knows? I didn't know that. But I don't know how you make plastic. I guess so. So all the plastics lobbyists are upset. All the oil lobbyists are upset. And so none of the senators are coming to her meeting because of this controversy. That's yeah. So you already got a little bit of a crisis there. So hey, speaking of that, you were talking about it was probably like an intern or somebody that tweeted that out. Uh, I believe that's the case because in the opening scene, you've got her, Selena Meyer, the vice president, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, her press secretary, played by Matt Walsh, his character mm-hmm. name is Mike McClintock. He talks about how he's got all the inter-nerds on all of this type of stuff as he's oh, referring yeah. to the young people who understand the internet, which shows <laughs> that he's like super old because it's like 2012. Like we all yeah. should know that, how to use the internet. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's not that old. He's what, in his 40s or 50s, but... Yeah, but he's supposed to be, I think. Yeah, just he's the old out guy. of it. So, and, uh, so let's talk about some of these members of the cast. You've got Matt Walsh playing Mike, Mike McClintock, and you've got Tony Hale playing Gary. Um, I don't know if I'll run through all these these names right now, but we've got a lot of, you know, those are some of the main characters coming in there. Oh, we've yeah, also got... Should we say who Gary Gary is? Gary, Gary is, is her like, bagman. Is that yeah, what they call him? I don't know. I don't think that's what bagman is. I think bagman, there's a Rachel Maddow podcast about it. What's that about? I think it has something to do with, like, 
paying people off. I, I should probably learn I, some of my political things I'm from not podcasts sure. <laughs> by people like Rachel Maddow. <laughs> I think that that's the case. Well, he carries a bag. He carries her bag. Yes. But he's just kind of like her her go-to guy who just kind of does everything for her and it's interesting because he's played by tony hale who uh plays buster bluth on arrested development fantastic show yeah and i feel like buster bluth's relationship with his mom lucille bluth on arrested development is very similar to gary's relationship with selena where he's just kind of like really wants this powerful woman's approval right um is maybe not getting as much affection from her as he's giving out. So it's kind of, um, to me, funny to see the parallels there. Yes, and in the scene that we were talking about there at that fundraiser, as everybody's Mm -hmm. leaving, Tony Hale has a great line when he's telling Selena to just mingle, just mingle with some people, because it's like, you got a bad situation here, just mingle with some people, and there's like four people in the room, and she goes, how do you suggest that I mingle with this few people? Did Simon mingle with Garfunkel? And <laughs> yeah. he, he just kind of is staring like sort of blankly at her and he goes, well, they work together. They, they probably socialize yeah. together and his delivery of that is fantastic. Yeah. And that's that's a really good line from it. Yeah, the dialogue in this show is really great. I love so many of the lines and there are so many lines I want to talk about, but I can't because we're trying to keep we're trying to keep from swearing on this podcast. Keep it clean, make it family friendly. <laughs> yeah, this show, they however, do not keep from doing that. On it is beat. not family friendly um, yeah. in that kind of way. Um, <laughs> uh, there's another quote too that that Selena says when she's talking with Gary, mm-hmm. and she, he's she's trying to figure out if she should wear glasses or not. You know, because that's kind of part of what he does too. Helps mm-hmm. her, you know, with scarves or hats and whatnot too. Mm-hmm. And she goes, mm, "Glasses make me look weak." It's like a wheelchair for the eyes. Yeah. And that is quite the quotes. It says a lot about the kind of person that Selena is. She is not, yeah. you know, we talked about Parks and Recreation last week. She is not that hopeful, optimistic, good kind of person that no, Leslie Nope was. She's maybe the anti-Leslie Nope. She, she kind of is. She kind of is. Yeah. So that's, that's a good quote there. So after that scene where they're at the... Uh, um, filibuster reform thing where nobody shows up. They got to go to a senator that they want to get onto the Clean Jobs Commission, and it's Senator Hallows, mm-hmm. and that is somebody that it appears that her and Selena kind of came up around the same time through Washington as right. senators and and that sort of thing. They've kind of got a little bit of a friendship that's a frenemy kind of friendship going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. And they get there. That's where we first meet Dan Egan. Yeah, played by Reed Scott. Yeah. Before we get into Dan, should we talk about Amy Bruckheimer, oh, who's right. another member My girl. of Selena's team, and she's there. <laughs> you, you, stop. <laughs> it started, Anna Klumski's yeah. in this. Anna Klumski of My Girl. Of My Girl fame. Plays uh, Amy Bruckheimer. She's Selena's chief of staff, so she's also, she was at the filibuster right. reform meeting. She's also at this meeting with Senator Hallows. Have um, you ever seen My Girl? I've never seen my girl. I've never seen my girl either. It I seems wanted like to it's see too it. Sad. Yeah, and it was just so sad. Yeah. You think because Macaulay Culkin, he made it all the way through the Wet Bandits, the Sticky <laughs> Bandits. He made it through unscathed, and then it goes into my girl, and boom, a few bees gone. <laughs> as far as I know, I never seen it, but that yeah, I'm he pretty dies. sure that's what happens, and I'm pretty sure that's why I don't want to watch. That's a it. bummer. Yeah. Joe Pesci should have got some bees. 
for Home Alone. <laughs> you should have. Oh, well. <laughs> and I don't know if Anna Klumski, I don't know if she was in a lot of things, sort of. Uh, yeah, I don't think she was like a child star after that. I don't think after so. That. I, I think don't she kind of stopped for a while. I remember seeing her up until Veep. Yeah, so. and she was in, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure she was in Armando Nucci's uh, movie, In the Loop, which mm-hmm. is sort of a spinoff of a TV show that he had, a British television show. And so that's kind of maybe where she got back into things and, and kind of probably why she was probably cast in Veep and that yeah. sort of thing. So anyway, what were you talking about? So um, when they go to meet with Senator Hallows, it's Selena and Gary and Amy. And so Selena goes off into this meeting uh, with the senator and Amy and Gary are um, hanging out with Dan Egan, who's right. like uh, Senator Hallows. Is he like an assistant communications kind of person? director? Oh, is that what he is? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I think that Dan and Amy have a history. Is that right? Do you they get definitely that know each other. Um, yeah. Because she talks about how sleazy he is and how terrible he is. So they yeah. definitely have a history. They may she have had a... She right off the bat. And they I, might have dated. Yeah. Or not dated, but they probably... I feel like they hooked up a few times in the past and things didn't go great and Amy is not a big fan of Dan. Well, Dan's kind of a player. Dan is a player and just sort of an all-around jerk. Everybody in this show is kind of an all-around jerk except maybe Gary, but... That's true, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But Dan in particular just kind of oozes this kind of jerkiness. Yeah, this suave, young out for himself kind of kind of personality yeah Mm -hmm. and amy's not a fan right from the beginning so meanwhile selena is um in senator hallow's office to talk about she wants her to come aboard the uh, clean jobs commission that she's putting together Yeah, senator hallow's who by the way we learned from the commentary is actually plays a the actress plays a vice president in i believe scandal i'm not sure they said a very popular show and i haven't watched scandal but Senator Hallows doesn't want to do it because she doesn't want to upset the plastics industry. And Selena says something like, you're going to sell your soul for the people who make toothbrushes and the and the, the things that hold toothbrushes yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I love that, that was, those were the only things she could think of that were made That's out of plastic. the only things that are made of plastic. <laughs> toothbrushes and the toothbrush holder. That's great. Anyway, she goes on to talk about how their tweet from earlier, which caused everybody to leave that filibuster reform meeting that upset the plastic industry, mm-hmm. that tweet was uh, a bad move by one of their own people. Yep. And she uses a variation of a an old phrase, hoist mm-hmm. by your own petard, but instead of petard, she says a different word that rhymes with petard to point out yeah. that this person um, calling them an idiot. Yeah, it's a... Definitely offensive, derogatory thing to say. And Selena kind of laughs it off. It's a, it's a funny joke. I think Dan is there too yeah. when she says it and they all yeah. laugh it off like it was this really clever. So it's almost like she looks at it as this, this funny joke that somebody told her earlier about how somebody, yeah. you know, hoist by their own petard. Which, by the way, is a, we had to look up what that even means. Apparently I, it's a sailing it's reference. A, it's a sailing reference of some sort. <laughs> I've heard the phrase, but yeah, I've never really use the phrase or anything like that yeah but, but again it, she doesn't say petard she says something yeah, else which and I don't it will, say. yeah we don't want to say it but it's going to play a big role in this episode it so. will additionally when they're there and dan is sort of trying to weasel his way into talking to selena um because you know ultimately he wants what's best for his career but he says i, I loved your campaign and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and he says two things i would have done different and she's like oh 
really, you've got two things you would have done differently. What are those two things? And he says, you spent too much time in New Hampshire and your attack ad was too early, uh, made you seem mean. And she's like, okay, um, thank you for your comments. And she was kind of, I guess, offended by it. But, you know, I think she was... She thought that was good criticism. I yeah, think. yeah, I think so. She didn't let him know that in the moment. No, she didn't. And that is that is um, right when we first meet Dan Egan, when we get to Senator Hollow's office, he introduces himself by saying, I'm Dan Egan. I'm communications director for Senator Hollow's currently. Yes. <laughs> so he, you get the sense immediately that he is the kind of guy who's constantly trying to work his way up. So he wants to weasel his way off of Senator Hollow's team and onto Selena's. And by the way, Senator Hollow's mentions, she's she says something like, Dan's great. He's very loyal. I got him from an Ohio congressman or right, something. Yeah. So, so that's the kind of guy Dan is. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So hey, after that scene, we go back to the office of the vice president. There's a really great visual gag where Gary is getting a coffee for Selena. And as he's handing mm-hmm. it to her, he's saying, this is very hot. And she's like, Gary, hold on for a second or something like that. And he's <laughs> just standing there with the coffee and burning his hands. Um, there's that. But we also meet another major character in this show. One of my favorite characters. He might be my favorite character. I'm not sure. But we meet Jonah, played by Timothy Simons. Oh, yeah. Jonah is like six foot five. Mm-hmm. And he is a presence. And he is just... <laughs> Which you like right off the bat because you're also an unusually large man. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I would describe myself. Yeah. See, I like tall people because like, I can relate to them. Yeah. But I don't like other tall people in real life. You no, you I mean? want to be the tallest I want to be the tallest the person. I like people that are slightly less tall than me but are also tall. I like that. <laughs> but if you are taller than me and you are listening to this, just know I hate you. No matter how I'm acting in real life. I don't like anything about you. And I'm probably attracted to you. Well, she does like tall guys. That <laughs> much is true. Which explains a lot. That much is true. So anyway, we meet, we meet Jonah, and Jonah is kind of the worst. Yeah, he is, he is just, the worst. He's obnoxious. I, I mean, everybody on this show is kind of the worst, but Jonah, definitely. <laughs> so I'm not sure of Jonah's official job title, but he's essentially the liaison uh, mm-hmm. from the office of the president between the president and the vice president's office. Yeah, and he really kind of likes to hold that over oh, he loves everybody. It. He feels like, like he himself is more powerful than vice president selena meyer yeah and when he gets to the vice president's office i think mike mike is kind of teasing him and he's like jonah did you talk to the president today and jonah goes on to say actually i talked to him four times and like lists off like the four times i think at one point him that day amy says something about uh we need to know so we can put the gold stars up for you or something like that it's funny it reminded me of like when i was in middle school and i would kind of keep track of like how many times the the guy i had a crush on would talk to me that day and then go on to talk at length about it with my friend on the phone that that afternoon (laughs) so so it's like it's like jonah has like a power crush Yes. On the president. <laughs> <laughs> there's some other good stuff that happens around that scene. I know there's one line where um, Mike is talking about, uh, has anybody, can anybody get on this Wikipedia thing? They keep changing Selena's weight on there. <laughs> that's something that I would imagine a woman president. Yeah, that's you know, a little insight into what women in politics have to deal with. <laughs> that's a bummer. Um, we find out in this scene here that's the president's office. Jonah has to relay this message that the president is unable to attend a fundraiser that's coming up that evening mm-hmm. and they need Selena to go in his place. There's yeah. a little bit of a, you know, a heated back and forth between Jonah and the president as Selena has to stand her ground and say, you will not take that tone with me. Cause he gets a little, you know, he says like, 
the president is insistent that this will be yeah. the sequence of events that happens tonight. Right. It's kind of a tricky relationship because ultimately he does get to tell Selena what to do um, since he's working for the president and relaying his messages. But also, obviously, Selena appears to be more powerful than Jonah, but it kind of gives you the sense that she's actually not that powerful. Like the vice president actually is just kind of being ordered around. Well, yeah. And I think really, from what I remember from government class, is that the vice president literally has no power except for breaking a tie in the Senate. Like that's the constitutional power, I think, of the vice president. I don't know if that's accurate or not. And I know they do other things, but that's like the official power of them. And whatever else they do is kind of decided you know, right. from vice president to vice president. Perhaps. Yeah. And along those lines to backtrack a little bit in the episode when Selena is um, meeting with Senator Hallows in her office, Senator Hallows says something like, do you miss power or something like that? Oh, right. That yeah. She was more powerful when she was in the Senate than she is as vice president. Right. She also, Senator Hallows pulls this sort of power play uh, when Selena comes into her office, she by, sits behind her desk. Yeah, instead of, of she's got like this. Senator Hallows has this little like seating area in her office, and Selena um, starts walking over there to sit down, which I I'm assuming she, that's where she used to sit when they would talk as colleagues in the Senate. Right. Yeah. Um, but instead, Senator Hallows goes and sits behind her desk, um, waiting for Selena to just come sit across from her. Have you ever had a desk where you could do pull that kind of power move? Nope. <laughs> Sure haven't. I have a desk. I've never really pulled that kind of power move, but I do sit in that desk when I have like evaluations um, uh-huh. and they come to me. I, I stay behind my desk. I don't come out to to the rest of the room there. I you know I I keep, yeah. keep my place right there. So yeah. you know oh well. Um, <laughs> the next scene we see they are in the uh, motorcade. And um, they're on their way to this fundraiser. And I'm not sure if I wrote this quote down, but it's maybe one of my favorite quotes. Selena asks her press secretary, Mike, she Mm -hmm. asks, what two things would you change um, about or what two things uh, would you change about about our uh, campaign that might have helped things better? The same thing that Dan talked about earlier. I don't remember. I remember one of the things. Yeah, I don't remember what the first thing is, but the second one was... The hat. The hat. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently she wore an unflattering hat on the campaign trail. And Mike thinks that that really screwed up her chances. (laughs) Right. Which in reality, that probably would potentially. I mean, Howard Dean, uh, what was that in like 2000? I don't know when that was. But Howard Dean, when he let out that yelp, and that caused him to uh, not win the uh, primary after he had a a pretty good start. Uh Um, Hey, our cat joined the podcast. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> she's, she's doing right she's now. She's trying to get into the kitchen cabinets because it's storming outside. Oh, it is storming. That's what's happening. <laughs> oh, that's all right, Diane. Oh, my goodness. That's where she goes when she's scared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we see that, and that kind of just reveals that Mike, you know, is just not that sharp. We also learned a little bit yeah. earlier in the episode, too, that Mike has this dog that he <laughs> uses as an excuse to Does get out of things. Dog? Yeah, Mike has a fake dog. <laughs> yeah, he just uses it as an excuse. Um, but that scene also shows us that Selena is um, kind of mulling over, potentially bringing Dan onto the onto her team she thinks that he has something to add he might have some potential and and she i think this is when she asks amy what she thinks of dan oh and (laughs) and she she says some profanities that that i won't say right now but she essentially 
is says like uh, he's like a book completely made out of of poop. Poop. <laughs> but they <laughs> yeah. don't say poop. No, that's a yeah. good line though. That part is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, once they get to the fundraiser, um, Selena had a speech that she was going to give. It was like what the president had had and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And it was really kind of rolling out her vision for the clean jobs initiative right yeah but because of all the stuff that had happened with the tweet and with some other things her speech has been pencil effed and yeah that's the phrase that they use they say the full word but that's the phrase they use and uh that's that means essentially that they cannot now say some of the things that they had said yeah, before and, and that like, comes from the president yeah they basically went through the whole speech and like xed out everything so she's left with Nothing, Nothing of really to at talk all. About. And that part there, that that phrase pencil left, they talk about on the commentary that that's a term that is, I guess, a real Washington term that some of the producers and maybe some of the actors mm-hmm. uh, went out with some people that actually had these jobs that are, the characters mm-hmm. in this show have. And, you know, they talked about some of the different things that happened. And that's one of the terms that came out of it. I like to think, though, when we were watching that, I was like, if these are the people that have these jobs, are these like the guys from like Ponce of America that yeah. they went out with? I'll bet it. I'll bet it was. It could have been. It was. I mean, John Favreau was kind of like a celebrity around that time too. Yeah. Like it would have been. But again, too, those were like super busy people, so they could have just went out with some other like staffer type of people. Right. But yeah. anyway, I like to picture that. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> I like picturing that too. It's fun. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Selena has to give get up and give this speech with now nothing to say. And it's not going well. No, it's not. Um, so she has to go off script. She does go off script. Before we get into the part where she really goes off script, though, there's another <laughs> major kind of thing that's going on throughout this episode, and that's that Senator Reeves, an old elder statesman in the Senate, uh, is is dying and, and has died now oh, at yeah, this Rapey point. Oh, yeah, Rapey Reeves. Yeah, Rapey Reeves. He is uh, <laughs> That's what somebody... they call him behind closed doors. Right, because he seems to have had some, had some uh, sexual kind of misconduct types of things that were sort of just lurking yeah. behind the shadows. Yeah, there. So, but everybody in the public eye is um, acting like he was this great guy and saying wonderful things about him, but behind closed doors they're all talking about what a creep he was. Yes, and and I'm looking at my quotes right now about that. Just to go back real quick, though, the two things that Mike said, I do have this written down. He said, you look tired a lot, and the hat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You looked tired a lot. (laughs) So anyways, though, but what she says um, when she is talking about Senator Reeves, she says, I am reminded tonight of the late Senator David Reeves. And then there's a long pause, and then she goes, he died. He's... He's a dead now. <laughs> yeah, because she's just kind of trying to fill time. <laughs> He's a dead now. And so uh, that's that's what they say. But that's not the bad part of her speech. The bad part of her speech is when she repeats the joke that uh, Senator Hallows had said earlier. And this is a different audience than just some, you know, some, some people. Yeah, kinda, there's a lot of people from the press there. Right. I think it was someone from the press who, like, brought up um like did you did you fire the person who made that tweet about plastic yeah and she kind of jokes a little bit and then she says the joke that uh is offensive um Uh and uh doesn't go over well does not go over well and then she gets off the stage she kind of has a little strategy session in a closet with her team there yeah and they have to make a human motorcade around her that's true before they leave they do that but when they're in there um doing the strategy session mike says let's let's not make it a story and panic okay 
What if Tom Hanks dies? That is his solution to this issue. Um, you know, she said a bad word and she made a bad and poor taste joke. And his solution is let's just ignore it. Maybe Tom Hanks will die. I think that's a that's that's a sound strategy. Yeah, you know. Maybe you need a plan B. A plan B might be good. Yeah. A plan B. And I think, is Dan with them at this point, Danny Egan? That's when he first He's... weasels in his way in there. Yeah. And uh, I think Mike says, like, who's who's pretty boy? Who's pretty boy? Hey, what's he doing here? <laughs> what's yeah. he doing here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He's a good looking guy, though. Just, yeah, but yeah. he's got a solution, right, to this problem. Uh, his solution, well, I think they their overall solution is well. Oh yeah, he wants to bring in somebody from the uh, an appropriate mental health organization or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but also he wants to blame the comment that Selena said on oh, yeah. that on she goaded her into saying it. Yeah, yes, on Senator Hallows. So loyal that guy. Yeah, so he's going to um, shift the blame over to Senator Hallows. Um, weasel his way onto Selena's team. So things are working out well for Dan. They are working out well for Dan. And then our next scene, we're back in the office of the vice president, and you see everybody kind of panicking. They're on the phone. You see Sue, who uh, we haven't talked about yet, played mm-hmm. by Sufi Bradshaw. Her, um, I guess it's her secretary. Yeah, but kind it's... of the office manager. Right, yeah, which there's a running gag that every time she kind of <laughs> sees her, she says, Sue, did the president call? And the answer is always no. And I think that's a running yeah. gag throughout most of the first season. Yeah, which, again, is back to the, pre- the vice president is... Is not an important person. Not an important person. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we see everybody kind of trying to manage the situation, and you see Selena come out of her office, and she's got the front page of the Washington Post, but it's not the front page. It's the front page of the style section, <laughs> and I thought that was a fun little I added thing. I didn't even thing. notice that. <laughs> yeah. The, see this? The front page of the style section, and uh, they're talking about her Her poor choice of words in her fundraiser speech the previous night so <laughs> there's um, also an accompanying picture in there of her like shoveling food into her <laughs> mouth that's not very flattering <laughs> um so we've got that going on and we also see jonah come into this scene here because they've got a condolence card for rapey reeves that um, uh, they need the vice president to sign well for for the widow of Ravy Reeves. Right, for Ravy the widow. Yeah, I guess you don't he's give a... He's a dead now. He's a dead now. I guess you don't give a <laughs> condolence card to the person who died. No. No, typically to the family. Yeah. So yeah. the president has signed it, and he needs Selena to sign it before he goes over to the Senate to have everybody there sign it. But then an issue happens because he hands it to Amy. Uh-huh, and Selena... Is busy. Yeah, she's busy. She tells Amy to just sign her name for her. Right. You get the sense that she does that a lot. But Amy signs her own name. Mm-hmm. So that's an issue. Yeah, and she doesn't realize it until Jonah has taken the card away. So now they've got to get this card back. Right. Before that, though, there is a part in this scene where they're trying to manage this situation where they've brought in somebody from the American Foundation for Developmental Disabilities. Mm-hmm. And as that person is coming in with Dan, mm-hmm. um, we see Mike, who finds Dan in the doorway there, and he says to Dan, <laughs> hey, good looking, what you got cooking? Dickwad pie? <laughs> Which is uh, just a really weird thing to say overall. I don't know what it means yeah, or why you, he is so would, laid back. You kind of and... think that Mike would be more quick-witted than that, given that he's like the communications person, but nope. That's, that's what he says. <laughs> no, he's not. And Dan just kind of ignores 
uh, ignores him, kind of looks off, and then introduces the man standing right next to him as the chair of the American Foundation for Developmental Disabilities, <laughs> yeah. Mike makes a kind of a weird face and walks away. <laughs> yeah. And and the idea is Selena is going to apologize to this person for her remarks. Right. And try to, to, to manage that crisis there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we eventually see Jonah's office um, in the uh, West Wing where... Yeah. And that's because... Um, Gary... Yeah. ...has been sent to retrieve the card so that they can sign the vice president's name. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to do it like stealthily. He's supposed to get it back without Jonah noticing. But Jonah sees him and knows what he's doing. He knows that Amy signed her own name instead of Selena's. Right. Um, so he proposes that Gary can have the card to take back for Selena to sign if Amy goes out with him. Because Amy is an eight. And he knows he's not going to be able to sleep with her because she hates him, is what he says. Right. But if the other eights see that he's eight capable, <laughs> then he can get them. And it's intern season. <laughs> yeah. Intern season. Yes. Jonah is a, uh, just like the rest of everybody in this show, kind of a sleazy individual. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, he is. Hey, Jonah's got a great line, too, when they're, he's trying to get them to sign the card, he's getting their attention uh-huh. that they need to sign the card. Um, when they're back in the president, vice president's office in the previous scene, he says, "A man is dead. When a sexual harasser dies, we sign his card. Okay, that's how Washington works." <laughs> yeah, which tells you so much it about really does. politics. So much <laughs> that um, Gary is reluctant to agree to this plan, but he doesn't really have a choice, so that's he true. agrees. Uh, um, he goes back to. Uh, Selena's office right. with the card and everybody kind of congratulates him for mm-hmm. pulling this off but they see that the card he's brought back the president has already signed it right I think so the president to, like, hasn't signed the new card there's like, some situation something happens they have to <laughs> forge the president's signature yeah and I think Dan steps in and uh-huh. he's the one who does it and I think that really impresses Selena because yeah. eventually we do find out that Dan has joined the team. Yeah. Dan is now part of the team. Everybody except Selena is upset about this. Amy is. um, Mike is because Mike feels like his job is being threatened by by, um, Dan joining the team. Gary's. I think Gary just kind of thinks Dan is a creep too. He's I think not so. A fan. Doesn't like him. Um, yeah. And then the episode ends. One thing that I like about this show, um, you know, we were talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, Curb Your Enthusiasm ends where like the music starts playing, and usually Larry David is looking confused or something like that, and mm-hmm. it really kind of builds up to an ending like that. One thing about this show and their ending the screen kind of shrinks and it gets pushed off to the side as the credits come up on one side. And then we just kind of see in this particular episode, we see just they start to show Dan around and there's some kind of Mm -hmm. some jokes going on, but you really just see that it's going to be business as usual here in the uh, vice president's office. But those ending scenes are always kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one, nothing really happens, but in general, they're always kind of fun as it, you know, we see everything get wrapped up a little bit at the end. Um, Hey, and that's, that's the end of the episode of uh, fundraiser episode one of Veep on Mm -hmm. HBO. Some other things that, you know, to talk about on this show, one thing when I was rewatching the pilot, Mm -hmm. um, you know, cause the, the series is coming to a close after this season. Yeah. And I've seen some things that are, uh, some interviews and stuff like that where they've talked about how just the real world of politics has gotten so crazy that, mm-hmm. you know, our show, it's hard to 
to top the real world. Like as a satire, yeah. like the real world is crazier than what we have. And I was thinking about that a lot when we were when I was rewatching it. I was upstairs doing some laundry, rewatching the episode. <laughs> you were downstairs and you were watching um, the show The Circus on Showtime, oh, which yeah. is a fantastic like political show. It recaps like the week in politics in a really cool mm-hmm. way. And um, so if you have Showtime, you should watch The Circus. Yeah, on Showtime. you should. But the things that were happening on the circus were just ten times more oh, yeah. crazy and bizarre if, than what I was watching were on Veep. If they for Veep, they would be too outlandish for the world of Veep. Yeah. Oh man. That's so true. that's one thing that I, that I was thinking about when I was watching it. Um, you know, another thing I really like about this show that I wanted to point out is that it feels like a lot of the stuff is improv and there's mm-hmm. just this natural chemistry among everybody. I was looking up an interview with Armando Nucci mm-hmm. uh, from around the time that the show premiered and I'm going to read this quote from him. He said, Casting is a lengthy process of workshopping with people, not just asking them to read the script, but me engaging with them, asking them to stay in character and saying, look, I'm not expecting you to come up with lots of funny stuff. We've got writers. It's more, are you comfortable with this person and are you comfortable going off the page? Mm -hmm. In that process, you gravitate toward the ones who are very comfortable with that. By that, by the time you've arrived at the cast, you feel you know them quite well. Then they get to know each other, and that to me was like that. That that was just a really smart way of looking at it, and yeah. and I think that's really cool because it's like you know we don't expect you to do all this jokey kind of improv, but we do you know want you to feel comfortable in the character. I like that a lot. I know I, I think I saw an interview with Sue Bradshaw who played or Sufi Bradshaw who plays Sue, where she said a similar. Thing where she was talking about how they had like weeks and weeks of rehearsals mm-hmm. of you know improv and things like that before they went into doing the pilot so you could really feel that improvisational comfortable it feels very real yeah. it's not like the office or parks and recreation where it feels like a documentary in that kind of way but it no. does feel very real it as feels these characters real. interacting with each other yeah that's true and we watched the episode with commentary to get ready for this episode of our podcast and they talked about the improv process they said the show would be was written but then you would do it they would do some improv and then there would be like rewrites based on the improv they had done and then more improv so it was like a real back and forth and uh i think that ended with a really good product i think so it's too. um it's like laugh out loud funny like from beginning to end isn't it? like it, it's one of the few shows i can say that about i think yeah i think for me this show kind of changed my opinion or i guess it set the Expectations. bar yeah, a, yeah of what i should expect out of a comedy because this did come out in like 2012 you know a lot of changes have happened around television around that time as different streaming services have popped up and those sorts of things mm-hmm. and we would be laughing just so hard at all the things they were saying. Yeah, and they talk so fast too, and like everything's a joke. That every time you rewatch it, I think you pick up on more and more. I, I jokes. picked up on things just rewatching the pilot yeah. two or three times. Yeah, and so because I remember around this time, I don't remember exactly when it premiered, but there was like another show on HBO that came out around this time mm-hmm. that was uh, it was by the Duplass brothers. I forget what the name of the show was, but I remember it was one of those comedies mm-hmm. that's also kind of sad. And I like yeah. enjoyed it okay, but I remember after a few episodes, I was just like, I, I want to laugh during my comedies. I yeah, want to laugh. There was, there was that whole sort of generation of shows that, that I came after, I think, Louie 
right? Oh, yeah, that yeah. Were, they were comedies, but they were kind of sad. Right. And and this isn't one of those shows. This is not one of those. This is yeah. a comedy that is funny. It's pure comedy. Do you think that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is, I don't want to say the greatest, but do you think she is maybe the greatest uh, actress, television comedy actress of all time i guess lucille ball is probably Mm -hmm. in that conversation but is there anyone else other than that um i don't know i don't want to say she's the i mean she was on seinfeld right yeah and also this show she's won tons of awards i don't know if she's won more than maybe maybe i'd say like the best like actress but not actress who's also like a writer like there are some shows that are written and acted by the same person. Like who? Like, like I'm I'm sorry, which is the show we might do soon, which is um was created by Andrea Savage and she also stars in it. Very funny. Also, um playing house, which is what it's Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham, the two female okay. showrunners who they wrote the show and they sh- they star in it and they're also very funny. Right. So there's a lot of shows out there that maybe don't have as much buzz uh-huh. that are were created by women, so I just don't want to. Don't don't want. I don't want to put them down. Okay. They're doing great things, well, but maybe that... under the radar. All I right. think Julia Louis Dreyfus is great, and she maybe one of the most iconic. Yeah, definitely iconic. Say that? I would put yeah. her in the category with other iconic television sure. personalities, such as like a Lucille Ball or like a Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. I think she she holds that title. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about some other Julia Louis Dreyfus shows. She was on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. She played Elaine. That's a fantastic show. That's on Hulu too. Yeah, people should be watching that, rewatching that all the yeah, time. Yeah, it really holds up. I mean, it's some of the some of the bits are very '90s, but it holds up. I love it. It's still funny. She's also on a show that you used to watch. I would make fun of you for watching this: <laughs> The New Adventures of Old Christine, which is not a great show. It's but not I, a great show, but I enjoy it well I enjoy enough, it and all she's right. funny on it. Now I remember that she was also on another show, and so I had to look this up. And when I read the Wikipedia entry for this show, I was like, "This sounds ridiculous," because I, I thought that she was on like at least two other shows mm-hmm. and I was sort of right. So I'm going to read a little bit from uh, this show called Watching Ellie. Mm-hmm. So this is from Wikipedia here. There were two incarnations of Watching Ellie, <laughs> neither of which met with any success. Both focused on the character of cabaret singer Ellie Riggs, played by Louis Dreyfus, with markedly different approaches. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. They released the same show twice with completely different approaches that (laughs) seems hoping for different results yeah that seems a little (laughs) weird so let me read a little bit more the first was directed by ken quapis known for his innovative work in a single camera in single camera sitcoms such as the larry sanders show malcolm in the middle and the bernie mag show each 22 minute episode was meant to portray a 22 minute slice of ellie's life in real time okay interesting Mm -hmm. okay whatever and those are some good you know other shows there In the earliest episodes, a clock was even shown in the corner of the screen. 13 episodes were filmed, but only 10 aired before the series was put on indefinite hiatus. The remaining first season episodes have never aired. Well, that sounds like a weird show with a timer in the corner and that sort of thing. Why is the timer in the corner? Because it's supposed to be set in real time, like the show 24. 24. Exactly. (laughs) Um, That sounds weird. That sounds terrible. Now, typically when you cancel a show uh, without airing the full season, Uh you move on. Uh-huh. You move on. You got Julia Louis-Dreyfus out there. She could maybe do another show, do movies, etc., whatever. Anyway, nearly a full year, 
a full year later, the show reappeared as a more oh. traditional sitcom with multiple cameras and a live studio audience, plus an added laugh track. This version fared even worse than its predecessor <laughs> and was canceled after six episodes. That sounds terrible. That's too bad. That does not sound good at all. You know, when I was thinking about some other things that she's done, I can't remember the name of the movie right now, but she's in a, a movie that I really enjoyed that she stars with James Gandolfini. Yeah, that's a good movie. Oh, I gosh, forget what, what that's called, that? too. Yeah, we'll tweet it out or something like that, but that, that's a that's a good movie. I like that movie. Um, some of the other people in this show, too, I, just because, you know, uh, I was just looking stuff up here. Reed Scott, who plays Dan Egan, is uh, about to star, not star, I guess co-star in a new show with uh, Alexand- Alexandra Daddario and Jennifer Goodwin, which will be on CBS oh, All Alexandra Access. Alexandra Daddario is one of your favorites. Well, uh, I only came across this because I follow her on Instagram. So um, <laughs> there's a new show called Why Women Kill coming to the CBS All Access Network. So oh. he's going to be in that. I think he was also in the show My Boys, which used to be on TBS back in the day. Yeah, which was a pretty good show. I, I never watched it. it. I liked it well enough oh, for a cool. TBS series. Yeah, some of these other people on the show, you got, uh, we already talked about Tony Hale, who's in Arrested Development, um, and uh, Matt Walsh, who plays Mike McClintock. He's in a lot of stuff. I really like mm-hmm. him a lot. Anytime he pops up in something, he's real funny. You know what? I, I saw him on recently when we were watching. Maybe that's what we were thinking of when we were talking earlier. He's an old school. He like, oh, plays yeah, that's one of Luke Wilson's character's yeah. co-workers. So um, you've got him in there. I don't think I've seen Sufi Bradshaw in much else that I can recall. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we talked about Anna Klumski as well. There are some other, I guess, major characters that do appear in this show eventually. You'll see that... Uh, Selena Meyer does have a daughter and she plays a kind of a big role and then also mm-hmm. you've got I think they join either at the end of the first season or in the second season but some characters that really do kind of fill out the cast in a really great way you got um, Kevin Dunn who's an actor people would recognize who comes in there and he's so funny he's in a lot of stuff he's been doing comedy movies for a while which one's Kevin Dunn what does he play Kevin Dunn is the the he's the bigger guy the older guy that's not Gary Cole oh okay yeah. Gary yeah. Cole also is just fantastic. In this and they don't come in until the second season, right? It's either the, the second season or the end of the first season. Yeah. I can't remember. But um, Gary Cole is uh, the dad in the Brady Bunch movie. And he's also the uh, the boss in Office Space. And he's in a lot of other mm-hmm. roles too. But he's great in this show too. He, he really, he, he's like the... Uh, the strategy numbers guy yeah. or whatever and kind of the straight man i guess yeah he is yeah he, that's kind of that's one of his uh his roles that's kind of what he does a lot so but yeah he's great in the show too mm-hmm. um yeah it's a really good cast yes so as far as uh do we recommend people watch this show if you're not watching veep you're missing out, especially too. Mm-hmm. We got the final season coming up uh, at the end of at the end of March. Yeah, and, you uh, should binge watch it and get ready for that. You really should, because because I love this show a lot. What else do we want to show about? Say about Veep. Is there a um, is there a spinoff of Veep that you would want to watch? Uh, yeah, so that's one of the things we we look you know on here. If there if there would be a spinoff, what would we like to see? And I think if there was a spinoff of this show, I would like to see. Just Jonah just kind of doing his own thing, um, mm-hmm. just maybe outside of Washington eventually or something like that. I really like his character. You know, Jonah's character, too. You actually have a, a Jonah Jonah Ryan t-shirt that, that I got yeah. you uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like it says John H. Ryan because yeah. that's the, uh, they had a bad logo designer on the show. <laughs> on the show. Jonah yeah. eventually runs for Congress and uh, yeah, his logo says John H. Ryan because there's like <laughs> a star for his name 
A star as the A, as the but a. it doesn't look like a yeah. an A. <laughs> what about you? If there was a spinoff, what would you want to see? I maybe would want like a prequel with Selena's backstory, more of what happened in the primaries. Could we just pretend that her backstory is Seinfeld, Seinfeld and that yeah. she eventually runs for I think that is what I'm, what's in my mind while yeah. we're watching the show, is Elaine eventually worked her way up to a vice president. Oh, that's right. Or... Yeah. We could see the old adventures of new Selena would be what you would call it, though, <laughs> if you did have that spin yeah. off, though. You know, I was really hoping, because eventually, like you said, we meet Selena's daughter, right. and we meet her ex-husband. I was really hoping that Jerry Seinfeld was going to play her ex-husband. That he doesn't. Been, no, that would have been fantastic. No. Hey, you know who else joins the cast a, a little bit later on is uh, House. Um, oh, yeah. Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I don't have much to say about Hugh Laurie. Just... No, but he's also a, a great character on this. He is. Mm-hmm. And he's playing someone with an American accent, just like he does in House. Man. He does not have an American accent. He's British. He and is British. Whenever we see him on like talk shows, I'm always like taken aback by that. Right. And the creators of this show, I'm not 100% sure if they're British. They're European. Scottish, um, I think. It might be Scottish. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But uh, I don't I don't know that it feels like a British show um, necessarily, but it doesn't necessarily feel like a, just a normal American comedy yeah. in some ways. Yeah, the show is actually a um, an adaptation of a British sitcom they made called The the thick of it. Right. Which yeah. they, I think they tried to, there's another show when I was looking it up that they, they tried to make into an American show and it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, anyway, Hey, that's, um, that's Veep guys. That's Veep. You should watch it. It's awesome. You should watch it. If you have an Amazon prime subscription, get on Amazon watch and, and watch the first two seasons. Yeah. And like we said, the final season's about to start airing at the end of March. You can wait till it finishes airing and then add the HBO add-on to your Amazon subscription and that's watch what that I would do. for a month and then cancel mm-hmm. it. That's See, what we, we have do. HBO right now though too because we're watching True Detective. Yeah. Have we watched anything good lately other than that? Um, we watched Escape at what is it called? Escape Dan- at Danamora. Yeah, which is a yeah. We finally show. finished that off. Mm-hmm, that was a show. good one. I like that. Maybe we'll do the pilot sometime soon. Maybe we'll do that sometime soon. What we will do next week though is Friends. <gasps> yeah, I'm excited about Friends. Can you sing sing the theme song for me? I'm not gonna sing it though. Right, well, hey, if you that. guys like Gia singing, <laughs> give us the old uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Let us know how you liked your singing. Let us know how you like the podcast. Um, so hey, definitely subscribe to us mm-hmm. wherever you get podcasts. You can follow us on social media too. We're on Facebook at You Me and TV. We are on Twitter at You Me and TV Pod, and we are on Instagram at You Me and TV Podcast. You could also email us if you wanted to at uh, You Me and TV Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, what's our cat doing right now? She's what does she got, have? She's got the lid of my water bottle, and she's batting it around on the floor. Well, hey, Diane wanted to be part of the podcast. She made it in. And uh, so anyway, you can follow us on all those social media platforms. If, you, uh, if you're if you listening to this podcast and you're like not a member of our immediate family, uh, let Thank us know. You. Thank you. <laughs> Say hi. Give yeah. us a give us a comment or, or something like that. You know, our immediate family right now, from what I can tell, um, a lot of them are listening to it. I know that yeah. uh, that Rosemary um, said she listened to the first uh, five minutes of our first episode. Your mom, Rosemary. Yes, yeah. that's and then my we, mother. We lost her. Then we <laughs> lost her. 
She, yeah. uh, you know, oh well. But we just taught my dad how to listen to podcasts we last did. night, so hopefully he'll start. Hopefully listening. he'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, hey, we got friends next week, and in uh, two weeks we'll be talking about the pilot episode of Master of None. Yeah. That'll be a fun time. And uh, so anyway, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Monday of next week for our next episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. And please teach the parents in your life to listen to podcasts as well. They would enjoy podcasts, <laughs> I think. I think they would enjoy it. Yeah. Let them know. Just download the apps on their phone, subscribe to our podcast, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Uh, bye. Bye.